share all things Ayurveda, yoga, and meditation. So grateful that you're here. Welcome. I'm really happy that you took some time today to carve out and to pause and to listen to my very first podcast ever. I'm sure that it's going to have a lot of flaws and bumps and hiccups along the way. And I've decided that I'm not going to stop it and I'm not going to pause it and try to change it. I'm just going to let it flow and see what happens. So I'm grateful that you're here. So I've wanted to dive into sharing podcasts for a while now. And to be honest, I was afraid and worried and what would people think if I put my voice out there and started to share some wisdom, some knowledge, some life lessons that I've learned along the way. And I finally had to just step away from that fear and dive right in and see what happens. My word for this year is flow. For myself, I have been an educator for the past 30 years in a classroom, and it's time to pass that torch on to someone else. I've always said that when I knew I was nearing the end of that career path, I never wanted to be one of those people that was like burnt out and grumpy and crabby. I've always wanted to do what's best for kids, and I still feel like I have a passion for education, for sharing knowledge and sharing things that I know, but I've decided that doing it in the four walls of a classroom is not really for me anymore, and I want to pass that that space along to someone else. Uh, a teacher that has this fire in their belly and and passion in their eyes. And so I know it's time. So with that transitioning happening and always wanting to start something like a podcast, I thought, well, let's give it a try. So what is this podcast and this space going to be all about? Well, my hope and my intention is that I can share some information, some wisdom about yoga and Ayurveda, meditation and herbalism. And for some of you out there, you're on that path and the yogic lifestyle is something that you've embraced. And for others of you, maybe you've never stepped onto your mat or heard that word Ayurveda or practiced meditation and my hope and my intent is that this space is for you as well. So I've done a lot of trainings myself, trainings for kids yoga, trainings for teaching to adults and moving that on to and forming a yoga school done some Ayurveda training, training in meditation, and have been so gifted to have had some of the most amazing teachers along my journey. 
And I'd love to take some of that wisdom and just share it with you. You know, some people believe that yoga and Ayurveda meditation is new agey and trendy. But the truth is, is that it is rooted in grounded from a lineage teachers that come before us for thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago from India. And the knowledge was just passed on from teacher to student. And we've all heard that line, that saying of when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. And I like to think of it the other way as well is that for being a teacher, when it's time to share the information and time to share the knowledge that the student arrives. And so again, I'm really, really grateful that you're here. And this isn't going to be a place where things are really deep, even though sometimes maybe it will be. But my hope is that it's a lighthearted space where you can listen to this when you're on a walk with your dog, driving in your car to work, washing the dishes at night, and a place where you can find that smile across your face and leave with a little bit of knowledge. So I'm sitting here on the floor in my house with my dog next to me. And I have this dog. His name is Toski. He is a Bernadoodle. So he's rolling around on his back right now. And if he barks out the window, again, I'm just not going to pause it. I'm, I'm going to let it flow. And when I spend some time with this dog, what I find myself realizing is that there are teachers all around us and him being one of them. So we used to have this other dog. His name was Tuck and he was this most beautiful, gentle soul, really mild mannered and a dog. You couldn't really ask for a better guy. And he was about... 13, when we could definitely start to see that he was transitioning into another space. It was time for him and his body was starting to shut down and he was, wasn't eating a lot and moving a lot slower and sleeping most of the time. And oh, Just thinking of him warms my heart. Well, we didn't plan on it, but we went to see some puppies. And as you can imagine, that you just don't go and see a puppy. So we went in and we saw these Bernadoodles. And Toski was like this little tank. Um, He was chunky and big and... We fell in love with him. So we brought him home, not really knowing exactly what we were going to do in our lives with this new puppy. It was a January. Maybe you can hear him breathing right here in my face. Um, So we brought this puppy home and Tuck, 
who had been in this state of quiet, he really perked up. And at first, I'm sure he was probably really annoyed that we brought this new puppy into the house. You know, that's running around and chasing him and biting his tail. And But as the days progressed, we noticed that it was bringing a little more life back into him. And he wasn't just going in the backyard and standing anymore. He started running around a bit and had a little pep in his step. And I truly believe that bringing this puppy into our home, into our space, extended his life for a bit of time. And I'm hopeful that it brought back some quality to his last months that he had here with us. So during that time, um, like I said, Tuck was amazing. He was such a gentle soul. And what we started to notice was that he was also this really great teacher. So he had this bed that was in our bedroom that he slept on every night. And so we got another bed to put in there for Toski. And of course, the first few nights, Toski is up and he's wandering around and Tuck would go over and kind of put his chin over him. And he was teaching him to sleep on his bed all night. Now, should we have had him created? Probably. But um, that didn't happen. So Tuck taught him that you go to bed at night and you sleep on your bed. And Toski learned quickly. And I truly believe that Tuck was the one that taught him how to go outside, to go to the bathroom, to go stand by the back door and just wait patiently for the humans to come around and, and to let you out. And I tell you this story because going back to that thought of that there are just teachers all around us, if we take the time to pause, to notice, to watch, to listen, and to pay attention. And so Tuck stuck around with us for a lot longer than maybe he would have if we hadn't have brought this little ball of fluff and fire into our house. And for that, I am really, really grateful that we decided on that freezing cold January night, not knowing that we were going to truly get a puppy that we did. And so we got Toski and his name is actually comes from Petoskey Stone. And if you're from Michigan, you know that Petoskey stones are these rare rocks, these rare stones that you can find up in northern Michigan in the Lower Peninsula. And they're rare, but they're not so rare that you can't find them. And so if you walk the shores of Lake Michigan and you go slow enough, and you pay attention, you can find these rocks. And when they're dry, they really just kind of look like a gray stone. But when you find them in the water, you can start to see the pattern. And the pattern are these ancient 
fossils, coral, millions of years old. And then they created these stones that you can find up north now. So his name is Toski after those Petoskey stones. And he's two years old now. I really believe that he has taken on that gentle spirit of his teacher, his pal, his buddy Tuck, that taught him when he was young and showed him the ropes and how things worked in our home. So he's this Bernadoodle. He's gray and he has these spots on him. So he really looks like a rock. And that's where we, where we got his name. He also has this really bright blue eye and this really dark brown eye. His blue eye is on the right side and, and it's like fiery. It looks like it just pierces into your soul when, when you're looking at him. And then he has his left eye, which is brown. And when you look at that one, it's, you gaze into that one, he's gazing back at you. It's like this really soft, gentle, peaceful eye that gazes at you as, as you gaze at him. So he's got these two color eyes. And as I look at him, that bright blue eye, the one that is really fiery, pierces into you when he's looking at you is on his right side of his body. And the right side of us is considered to be the masculine side. It's that fiery side. It's the masculine part of us that helps us get stuff done and has nothing to do with gender. It's just the masculine and the feminine. So. That right side of us, that masculine side of us, the part of us that is the doer, doer, doer. That's the side of him that has this really fiery blue bright eye. And then there's the left side of us. And the left side of our being is considered to be the feminine side. The side that is a little softer. The side that is the receiver. The side that puts forth that feminine energy. And to be in balance, we all, male or female, need both. When we look out into nature, that masculine energy is the sun. It's the fire. It's the energy of the daylight when we are productive, when we're working when we're following our passions and following our dreams. And then the left side, the feminine side, the feminine energy relates more to the moon, the nighttime, that time of stillness, that time of quiet, that time of introspection. And we as humans, we need both. If all we did was sit around in our basement and breathe and focus on our belly button, shit wouldn't get done. 
And if all we did was work and work and work day and night, eventually we would burn out. And we'd start to feel feel sickness, illness, disease. And so life is about finding that balance, that harmony, that harmony between the doing and the quiet. And really that's what Ayurveda, yoga, meditation, try to help us do. We don't need to always think of ourselves as this big problem that needs to be solved. But when we come back to who we are, who we were meant to be, finding balance, finding harmony is something that we work on every single day. And think about when you were little and you were five years old and you would walk on a balance beam. Or you would walk on, we used to have these um, railroad tracks in our driveway. Or I watch kids on the playground, we have this sandbox and they walk around the edge and they try to balance on the sandbox and your right foot falls off. And the first time when you were young and your right foot fell off, the balance beam that you were walking on, you didn't just say, okay, well, I'm done with that and walk away. You put your right foot back on and you take a few more steps and the right foot falls off again and you step back on and you take a few more steps and the left foot falls off. And we always work on just coming back into balance creating healthy habits that help us to be the best version of ourselves. And it doesn't have to be this great big diet or this pushing, pushing so hard exercise routine. But it's finding what works for us, what feels right, leaning in to some habits we lean out of some others. We take on habits of simple enough as drinking more water during the day. And maybe as we lean into that habit of drinking more water, we lean out of the habit of drinking less soda. And we don't have to completely cut it out of our lives, but we just lean out, lean out of it and notice how it feels. And maybe eventually we decide that that's something we want to eliminate because it's not allowing us to feel in balance. And so what yoga and Ayurveda have taught me is to not be so hard on myself for those days when my foot steps off of that balance beam. But to know that I can still continue to take that step forward and stay on the path to what feels right and what feels true and what feels good to me. And to slow down enough 
to listen to the wisdom, the knowledge that nature has to teach us. That our pets can teach us. So it doesn't have to be a far away retreat with a guru or signing up for a course. It can be simple enough as paying attention to the lessons from our pets, to the rhythms and the cycle of nature, and to always work towards just coming back to that balance. So thanks for listening. I'm glad you stuck around for 20 minutes if you made it to the end. My hope and my dream is just to sit down with you every once in a while and to share some of the teachings that have been taught to me. And as I pass them along to you, maybe you'll find a few that resonate and feel good. So if you liked this today, my hope is that you tune in again and possibly share it with a friend. Of course, that would make me happy that you are sharing this. But I also truly believe that that ripple effect, like when we throw a Petoskey stone into Lake Michigan, it creates those ripples and it creates those waves that reach out to shores and places and touch people that we had no idea it was going to. So thank you for being here and listening. My very first one, grateful for you. I'm grateful for this community and I'm grateful for this space. Until next time.